Well, actually, what would start is the this, the music would play probably. So. Like last year. Wait, I just started singing Walk Like a Man. Yeah, what happened? What that is, because <laughs> last time you did Tales from the Crypt Guy, that was pretty annoying, actually. <laughs> no, you're our, everyone knows you're a master impressionist, and that you do is spot on and if you're on Saturday night I was trying to do spooky music but I somehow just went into walk like a man yep this is are you ready for the sex girls as a podcast about movie sound mainly 80s movies we grew up to and it is the season of the witch movie soundtracks we grew up on and um, impressions that come to our mind from as <laughs> as you're riffing and diffing, as I'm riffing, griffing, and diffing on whoop, whoop, whoop. Now, and uh, this is an Easter egg. We do a lot of Easter eggs on this podcast. A couple of brothers, no guests this time. It's been we had a nice guest last time. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Um, thank you. What did we call it? Ton, yes. Ground control, the major Ton. That was my major, text. Yeah. If you guys got it, I don't know. Yep, that was good. So thank you, Ton, for being a co-host slash president of the of the podcast. A Stevie Part Two. Uh, Ooh. Technician. Technicolor. Technicolor Dreamcoat. Tech producer. I don't know how many titles he can get. He's getting too many titles. <laughs> Joshua, Florida, tech- Florida lie detector. <laughs> who is it? And the Technicolor Dreamcoat? Who's the who gets the which Tom. Bible? It's Ton and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I memorized <laughs> all the Bible book name. I memorized. I've only memorized Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, but it's almost the same thing. The Book yeah. of Cats. Um, it's 2021 October. Um, October of our podcast. It's episode seven, I think. Um, we got we missed a couple months because we got so busy this year. We said the last one was basically two episodes in one because it was so long. Plus, it had, was everyone had the pleasure of meeting Ton. Yeah, so like a good combination. So that counts as two. Yeah, we brought. But we, we still yeah, got to do see, one. Let's be honest. We brought it down over the last from like when we started this podcast. I think our first one was like an hour and a half, which was consumable. Then we did Coming yeah. to America. And it was that like, was like eight oh, hours. Yeah, that was like eight hours. We said that we had, was a two-parter though. That's yeah, like, we brought it back down I think, whatever it in takes recent more ones, than... but then we did a true double episode, but it was too hard with Ton being on there to, not, to not talk. More than, as we just said, it's like part three parts or something like that. Yeah. It's not. It's all one episode. It really is just one episode. shits that keep talking about <laughs> stupid shit. Then we just repeat it a little bit more in the next podcast. Well, like we said, it's a lot of 80s movies. We've done one 90s movie. We're probably going to get into the 90s a little more. But check out all the other episodes. And if you're not into 17 episodes times three hours, basically, 
Uh, started season two, which is only four or five episodes ago. Yeah. And, you know, be more current with the times, more current with the times as in, as in talking with about 80 movies. 80s yeah, 80s movies. <laughs> that you don't know or haven't heard of. Well, and it's Todd. We do, Todd, we do a little AKA. hot topic. Yeah. Yeah, we do hot topics at the beginning. So there's some current like events. There's in current there, stuff but... there. But as Todd, <laughs> as Todd, as Todd pointed out, um, we think people know these movies. He's just like, nobody fucking knows the yeah, movies you guys are talking knows. about. Tom told us all our shortcomings. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Tom, you're making us realize who we truly yeah. are. He's yeah. basically like, don't even listen to the podcast part where you get into the music. Yeah. Listen Just... to the beginning. But I feel like everyone else said it the other way around. So, yep. <laughs> so who, we don't know who to believe. Yeah. You know, and by tweet, at, means... tweet us at our non-Twitter accounts, meaning, I don't know, <laughs> put, some, put a comment on here or something. And tell us which side do you like? Part one's part top half of uh, current events of Are You Ready for the Sex Girls, or the second half where we actually do what the podcast is meant to and do? By talking to everyone, we basically just mean our wives and Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's who we. That's who will only. That's the only people. So, and the people in Vermont. Fine. Shout out to Vermont. Yeah, what yeah. up, Vermont? They've been starting to be hardcore ever since. Ever this. since we gave them that for that shout like, out last episode. Well, the. The, the Billy Jean one episode yeah, and then, since Jean. then, yeah, Legend yeah. of Billy Jean, and now they are on fire. Our regional targeting for the podcast is all Vermont, and we're getting so many hits from Vermont. So, Legend thank of you, Billy Jean. You said it got the lowest rating, but like we said, it was at least all Vermont people, yeah. So, so it would have been like zero, and then it was like four people. Thank you, Vermont. You're ready, they're ready. Uh, this is a blind man running a hardware store. Okay. <laughs> I did. I, did I, uh, I didn't read the. I didn't read the notes in time. I was like working up until the point where we were recording this. I'm gonna I guess I notes. I keep getting worse uh, at getting the notes done, and I sent them to you literally thirty seconds. Yeah, like we're getting. Yeah, you used to send them like a day before to review. I know thirty seconds. I'm too busy um, now. Well, okay. So you're a blind man running a hardware store. I am. <laughs> I am a, a, a I'm an, I'm a fa- I'm either a father in a in a coma, <laughs> or or, a, or someone who's just kind of sad, actually. yeah I know who's coming home from college somebody who's just coming home from college like just hanging out in their hometown but still in college oh yeah or, good point yeah or so did you actually are, give me one yeah. if you don't know and follow the episodes these are easter eggs again sean said we do them. we like to drop them we think we're really cool at doing this we're not sly at all they're like horribly yeah. done <laughs> they're like not really easter eggs because we're basically so too much out in the open with everyone we yeah do. that one and we've had, we've had like three one. good we've had three good easter eggs and like every other one has been like way too forced or something yeah no, but people bad. still i still don't think they know so i think yeah it's all good fun all right so halloween episode should we jump in uh yeah to- current topics and just keep this thing rolling. and let's just go we'll just say no one would call this a classic halloween movie that we're doing today so we're gonna sprinkle oh, no. some halloween at the top but, but it is mysterious it is mysterious and, and spooky and haunting and haunting fit the theme of like a lot of the other movies we've done which is a little bit more 80s in your face this is more of a timeless movie that was made in the 80s kind yeah, of yeah it is it's got a, it's throwback to the its 50s, own personality right it's is it supposed to be 50s or 60s underground alternative arts yeah you know 
Wow, yeah, this uh, is go I would back say, probably to the fifties more. I believe. Yeah, pr- I think th- I think he's being fifties in this, right? I can't. Yeah, yeah. go back. Yeah, <clears throat> so a lot of similarities that, there too. And yeah. the other thing is with the soundtrack, it's a little different. We're we're dipping our toes. In oh, the scores a little bit. We said we were horny for Horner, but we went ahead with somebody else just a little bit. I hope Horner doesn't get upset and give us a phone call. I said I was, was salivating. Talking. I said I was salivating for Silvestri. <laughs> I like that one. We got to come up with the guy that made these, this or what we could do first. Yeah. Oh, I already know. What to do, but, yeah. Um, I won't say it because I don't want to give away the movie yet. I know. But yeah. It's going to be a really good time. This, regardless of that, I think this is going to be really fun because we've got a good format on how to do this, I think, and just kind of still get to all the, <laughs> the meat and taters. Hey, I'm, I'm elfing my man for Elfman. Okay. <laughs> Can you write them down and then do a yeah. next episode? I know, right. you write them down last and you got these written down? I no, I didn't. I'm just thinking of them as we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, a lot of sc- score galore on this. I think we've only dipped, and by dip toes, I think what? Back to the Future probably the most with the two versions uh, from Sylvestri. Yeah. That's probably the most score we've done, right? And Besides the fact else... in Coming to America, I, yep. did, I did a sampling of the score because I'm coming That's America. right. I kind of had more of a, we didn't do the straight soundtrack like everything else. We sampled like all different stuff since there were so, so many hits from that movie. Yeah. Of different music. So much music in the movie. Score. Two. I mean, uh, two out of whatever we said. 17, however many yeah. episodes we have now. Plus yeah. 18 episodes. More with the score that we're just not thinking about. Uh, I would, the only one I was thinking of today, because I was thinking about this, Jewel of the Nile probably had, and that wasn't really score. Uh, it's like yeah. music. It was more of just yeah. like music yeah, without like words than I would call it score. But then a couple of the songs written from the movies that aren't score songs feel like beautiful scores because they were so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So you, know, you, you just don't know. Yes. The system. <laughs> I don't know. Caddyshack, remember, had the, like, the yeah. name of the oh, yeah. band. Logan's intro, that counts. Yeah, Candy Loggins intro, but right, they had the one that was like the orchestra, the, the Bushwood Any Orchestra. Hutch. Any Willie Hutch intros. Yeah. Those are gorgeous. All right. Okay. So usually, last usually one episode because we had one other Halloween episode. Do a little bit of quick Halloween talk. And what did we do for Halloween for last year? Was it what movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, We did. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, I know. The Lost Boys. Lost Boys. (laughs) Shit. We maybe should have just done that again. I bet there was so much more we probably forgot. That was one of the best soundtracks we've done. Oh, it was. Oh, that was a like, good one. Like just smiling and crying at the same time. Yeah. All right. You know what, everybody? <laughs> Don't just go back through season two. Go back to season yeah. end of season one. That's when we feel like. Stride. When I think yeah. about that, I just feel like I'm a candy colored clown or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's still so much to that movie. I don't think we got to even in two hours. I mean, just the saxophone guy. We mentioned yeah. that on. I hope Forever. Tom dresses up for Halloween as a saxophone. Guy. I hope he does too. If he's Tom, please. Okay, um, so Halloween, real quick. I like to just do like, uh, oh, and this is, we should probably say our real names. This is Mike oh, yeah. and Sean. Ben. Yeah, we're brothers. Brothers in the podcast. Um, so anyway, um, I like wait, do... I thought you. So your legal name is not blind guy who runs a hardware store. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about changing it, but it's a whole like difficult process when you're trying to do that. Not my that. name, my name is it ear in a field. Yeah, severed ear in a field. Yeah, they keep at. They have to ask, like, "What's your middle name?" And you have to figure all this crap out. Which is your first... in the in the is my middle yep. name. Okay. Right, so, 
I like to do Mike's little horror movie corner. And I don't, I know you said like you're in the same boat as me. You never get to watch any, right? Cause your wife doesn't like them and your kids can't watch them yet and stuff. Yeah. Either. What do so, we, um, still can't it? find scary. No, we haven't. We have not watched any scary movies. Yeah. Still now. Thought, yeah. I'm trying to think. This year has been down, but after the episode last year, I got through a bunch that I wanted, like I listed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now, for some reason, I'm hooked on Nicolas Cage. Mm. Um, did you see the Mandy one? That was pretty good. No. Where he like exacts revenge on these weird inbred people kind of thing. Mm. Is this like a newer one or no? This is a couple years old, but it got really good ratings. It's a pretty good movie. Oh, this is like Nicolas Cage now stuff. Yeah, it's it's not old, old. Yeah, yeah. I did by my one. yeah. I saw it by myself, and I don't know if you're going to reference this. I haven't looked at the notes. By myself, I watched one where he like goes to like a showbiz. Yes, that's what I was talking. About. <laughs> that's what I want to bring up too. Is that's the one I want to see now? Is Willie's Wonderland? Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, it's basically Nicolas Cage murdering showbiz people, right? Yeah, showbiz electronics. Yeah, it's people. really, it is really bad. I mean, that is it the is best horrible. combination, though. Come on, how could it be bad? I don't know how this. Oh, it's talk. so horrible. He but doesn't. Nicholas he Cage actually says no words. In a showbiz, cleaning it up through the night. He has to murder all the characters. How could it yeah. be bad? Really, it's bad? I mean, it's. I would tell you it's worth watching just so you can say you watched it. But... Of course. Yeah. <sighs> and then, of it's course, just... you know I've been obsessed with that movie Pig that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, I would say Pig looks like the better one of the two. Well, like, I actually got good ratings. The other yeah. one didn't. But I was just thinking it'd still be fun to watch. And, and, uh... I would tell you it's fun. Like, I'll t- I got – I don't know why. I think I've told you this before. At some point, I was listening to, like, YouTube at night to fall asleep, and I went down some rabbit hole, and this was got to be now eight, nine years ago, of, like, people playing video games, and there was this guy playing video games, and he's playing, like, horror games, and I think he's very famous on YouTube now. His name is, like, Markiplier or Markiplier or something, and he played this game called Five Nights at Freddy's, which is really just what this, the premise of this thing is. That's what Will said, too, when I talked to him. Yeah. And I said, that's what it is. that's all it is, is a rip off of this. But so then I got kind of obsessed with that year, whenever that was, eight years ago. And then there's a bunch of sequels to this game. Yeah. But really, the Five Nights at Freddy's is just a rip off of saying, you know, a, a game around the idea that you're trapped in a showbiz, right? And okay. then these things come alive. Like it was always, you were always scared. Of. I know about the game. I never really played it. And that's what Will said. And I remembered it from like playing it a little bit. But yeah. I'd rather just associate with showbiz. <laughs> and, and Yeah, because everyone was kind of freaked out. They weren't well made, and so they were a little scary and weird looking. And so it was a little freaky to, to watch them. I still love showbiz, but I think everybody's always scared. If you want to see I something... Still, else, if you could get your hands on some of those, I'd still put them in my house. Yeah. Be that scary. Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's a lot. Have you ever seen the documentary? There's a couple things, two more things I'll yeah. mention about this. Yeah. The Rock of Fire Explosion. Yeah, that documentary about people doing that. And then um, some people obsessed with the band from Showbiz and trying to recreate it. And then two, um, if, you, if you have Hulu, there is a better version. It's only a short. It's a short um, that's like four minutes long for their Huluween. It's from like years ago. And it, it's, I, I'd have to remember the name of what it is. I'll send it to you afterwards. But really what it is, is kids at a, it's a, it's, the kids are at a, something that really, really looks more like a showbiz. And then 
the kid's birthday, he walks up to the thing and it just eats him. But it's pretty oh. cre- creepy and gross and weird because his mask falls off. Like, the, get the animatronics mask thing falls off. And it's kind of, it's more organic looking, you know? Yeah. Like, it's got the plastic thing on. Then underneath is, like, the blood and the weirdness and all this stuff. But this, I would say that's actually more scary in three or four minutes than yeah. this movie with Nicolas Cage is. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually just more funny. Well, I kind of want to see that, but I feel like for some reason I've seen it, but I'm not on Hulu like I saw it. But I don't... I'll, it okay. could probably just be on, like, YouTube or something. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, I watched I watched the Conjuring, the original one, which I'd never seen. Um, but yeah, I liked that yeah, one. It was decent, and then um, and then I still want to see Videodrome, which looks like one of the I've best. Never, ones yeah, I've seen. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, me neither. But I just have it on my plate. That's got it's going to be the next one I watch pretty much because I heard it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, and kind of like so really, kind of like the movie we're doing, like underground a bit horror, like but just really yeah. well. Done, and I just want to see it. But I did see the Wicker Man Fury too as well over the last year, which I hadn't seen any of those, and all those were really good as well. Good. It's the hug. I had just looked it up. It's called the hug. Okay. Because the, hug. the, the thing, yeah, the animatronic things like come give me a hug, you know. Oh, that's pretty. Like just start squeezing too tight. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, a quick one. Then let's shift to just quickly Halloween costumes. We usually mm. do thing for fun on that. Well, I know you already, we already chatted about this, but what are you guys, mm-hmm. what are you guys going for, for Halloween? It's, a, it's in all Elliot's choice. He's like Spider-Man. He's five years old. He's in the Spider-Man phase. You go um, drop him off at kindergarten. Every uh, GD kid has Spider-Man. Every kid has <laughs> Spider-Man something on. He's obsessed with Spider-Man. He's never seen Into the Spider-Verse, but he loves the idea of it. He watches. He loves the song uh, Sunflower. And uh, so he said, I want to be uh, Peter A. Parker or <laughs> the Peter Parker that's the normal A. Parker in the Miles Morales I love it universe. when you telling me this before. And it's so... <laughs> uh, he that's said, mommy, he wants mommy to be Ghost Spider, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy, who's from another universe. Laura has an exact costume. So Elliot already has a, has a good Spider-Man costume. We got him a new mask. Um, Laura got this jogging suit. It is actually pretty cool, but she's, she's Ghost Spider with like different color but um, looks exactly like the Gwen Stacy costume but it's comfy so she's that Amelie is the is uh, is a spider in general because she's loved itsy bitsy spider but then um, Laura got her a costume with like different colors and like a homemade style costume that she got from a Facebook mom and it's got like the, you know she's got the arms but then her arms are attached all the way down you know, so there looks like she's got a bunch of arms when she moves, and she loves it. And we're we're calling her the radioactive spider that bit us. And then I said I wanted to be speaking of Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage did the voice of the, uh, uh, I think it was like the, uh, the noir spider, like the, um, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be the spider from like uh, the film noir, period, universe, and Nicolas Cage. Did, That's who I wanted to be. Elliot said no. Uh, you don't get to be that. He wants me to be Miles Morales, but not in costume, just my, in Spider-Man costume. I, he just wants me to be Miles Morales in his school uniform. So that's my Halloween costume. Yep, so you don't get to do anything fun then. Yeah. <laughs> you have to figure out like what he is. And I think what we were you talking about yesterday, you're like, really nice yeah. And, and then I just get to be like, I think he probably just has like a hoodie on and a blazer for his private school. Alpha male move or something. Trying yeah. to cover his king of the household. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not going to let it happen. That's why under, under the, I actually I ordered Miles Morales cool like spray paint black um, Spider-Man suit, and I'm just going to wear that on on Halloween and just be like, now who's dominating, boy? And you guys sound really coordinated. That sounds fun. We, we sometimes are like that, but not this year. And I don't even think I want to go through the ones we are because <laughs> we don't have anything like planned out. Yeah. So. I, I, and again, I don't think this was a plan. This is just Elliot oh, yeah. is dictating it and he's going to cry yeah, if we weren't telling what to do. Yeah. Okay. Shifting another gear, which has nothing to do with either of these two things. <laughs> Uh, I just read an article on this. We're shifting so many gears tonight just to like keep our, keep it short, keep it our, snappy. Our buddy uh, Mark Harmon from SummerSlam, oh, he officially left NCIS. What are you doing, Mark? I know. What is he thinking? Hey, here's what they didn't say. You know why he left? Summer School 2. Yep. <laughs> NCIS Summer School 2. <laughs> yeah. Like, Actually, what know. they're doing is they're doing a he... And then, then a, uh, then like a hologram of Rodney Dangerfield are doing summer school back to school too, and both CBS together at the beginning. CBS. Yeah, oh. and wasn't that guy? The, what's the red-haired guy that was in one of the gangster movies? Um, he wasn't he in NCIS. You know who I'm talking about? Carrot Top? No. <laughs> No, he was in, uh, God, what else was he in? He was also in something. Oh, boy. Carrot Top. Oh, I don't know what this axe is doing to this guy. Let me see this axe. Whoop. Oh, my God. Don't the- you know the main guy that was in the original NCIS? He had red hair. And he oh, always- but was that NCIS? That I thought. Know. No, maybe that's a different one. I don't yeah, know. That's like I think that's NYPD Blue, and you're thinking of David... I know who you're talking about. But he about. was in the movie we did, wasn't he, too? And we were surprised that he did as well as he did or something. I think, maybe, yeah. Maybe making it up. I don't know. Well, the one who was always like, oh, you, they, they, he had more sunglasses. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah. he just got killed. Hard. Yeah. Uh, what was his <laughs> name? Yeah. Shades off. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was NYPD in blue, I think. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's a. I, I, am, I literally, I'll be honest, I have never seen any of those kind of shows. So I don't well, know. Well, neither have I. Just like yeah. when I'm in a hotel room or something and I'm like, I, literally, literally, I haven't even. In a hotel room, somehow, those are the only shows that are on. Yeah, but I mean, not I, nowadays, I guess. With yeah. Stuff, but I'm saying like, say, 10 years ago. Yeah. I <laughs> never, I truly have never, I have no context. For you that. didn't shell out to get a good hotel with HBO, that had HBO. You basically were watching NCIS. Yeah. Is that what happens? You're not watching, like, but happen to see it. You go buy it, and like some, you know, some of those places are like, some of those shadier ones are like, we have HBO. And you're like, that's too rich for my blood. And then you go by the one that's like, we've got NCIS. NCIS. And that just means that's I'm just the norm. You have CBS. You can yeah. tune into our grainy version of CBS through antenna. Well, well. so what did Mark say? Just that's it? He's like, I'm done? Well, I think he's been doing it for so long. I mean, oh. give me a break, you know? Yeah. That's got to be it. He's got to be up there, too. I don't know. Now, that would be a good Halloween costume, Mark Harmon. He probably made a pretty good uh, bank on doing NCIS, I'm guessing. Yeah. So he's probably not hard up for anything. So he's just, like, yeah, he's just going to chill. He's actually just going to go make out on the beach with... Uh, What's her name? Or maybe he was just doing episode like 600 and he's like, man, this show's really gone downhill now. 
Yeah, <laughs> I do. I want to just go uh, get Wonder Mutt and Wonder. Uh, the writing on this thing is horrible. I'm out of here. Like episode <laughs> seven. This is nothing like <laughs> what I started. To what make, I started. What or, I committed to. Or he's just I like thinking. Up. Or he's just thinking back to like the video from summer school where they were all they all made appearances, and he's like, "That was better writing than episode seven hundred of NCI." NCI. Yeah. All right, another gear shifter. Shift it. <laughs> this is in the news. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I haven't followed. I know what you're going to say. Baldwin, I... Baldwin shot someone. I don't know. Movie set. It's like, uh, what's his name? Um, gosh darn it. Bruce Lee's son. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. Like That came on and Laura was like, what does that mean? How does that happen? And I go, and this is before they started. And I go, well, that's only half. Why are they making a big deal on it? And I'm like, well, it's only happened like a couple of times. Yeah, it's not supposed to happen because they have so much like yeah. protocol to not <laughs> yeah. have real bullets. And then I told him about the the thing on the, I was like, there's two kind of Hollywood things that are bad like this where someone died. And I go, it's the, uh, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee on Crow. And then the one that we talked about, right? In the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Vic Morrow. And that was last yeah. Hollywood episode. Yeah. So I thought kind of spooky and creepy. that is a little scoop spooky yeah. yeah and then i was just reading an article but that was landis right that was, that was jonathan two. landis do they they probably referenced both of these in all these news stories right yeah yeah that's what i'm saying you read the news story and that's what they say is those oh two. is it really okay that's yeah funny. so then i saw that and was like oh man and that was a reminder of even just the same halloween episode oh. we're going through like horror movies in a summary and that was part of our discussion so, yeah, it's pretty sad, but, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, obviously, because they, they have things like you can't have live bullets anywhere near the sets or something, you know? So, you so why what, was it a live bullet then? Or I don't know. Yeah, I guess I it was a live bullet, you know, but Jeez. I don't know how I'm not an expert with guns. Yeah. So I don't know that you can. I mean, I'm sure the experts can, but it's not like a, a blank bullet looks too much different than a, <laughs> yeah, you know, a real bullet. I don't I know. So. I have no idea. But I don't, I, think, don't I don't think you're also supposed to point it at anyone either. Yeah. Know? So like I think like in for, general. Yeah, for the blanks. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting too conservative there because I guess I don't know how they do some of the scenes if they're shooting guns at each other. Yeah. No, but, that makes sense. All right, it's movie time. We're it's doing cookie time. It's cookie time. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> which we've never done that movie, which has one of the best songs. Ooh, it is. Is it worth? Nothing to do with Halloween, but you could say candy cookies. What do you mean? They kind of they're candy cookies, and they're doing. And that's right, we're doing Troop Beverly Hills, y'all. Gonna get dressed up. <laughs> yeah, they get dressed up. That's kind of like they're being Halloween. I feel like there's some Halloween in there somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. I guess because they're at the ball, and then they're like, "Check it out!" And she's got. We've been mentioning uh, Nicholas Vampire's Kiss. Ooh, we're doing... Is that, um, is that what it's called? I might be wrong. I have no idea. We're doing... It? What was it? What's Nicolas Cage 80s movie besides Vampire's Kiss? Uh, uh, Fast, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. I guess he's in that. Um, but he's not really in that. <clears throat> yeah, but um, I don't know. We said... What did we say? You, you dropped some Easter... <laughs> Oh, Elvis's, um, Elvis's colored shoes. Yeah. Azul. The, um, oh, it's not far off from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A color and a material. <laughs> Mag- I'll just say McLaughlin. Just Mag- Mag- yeah. McLaughlin's McLaughlin's favorite. McLaughlin's favorite. McLaughlin. 
24-7 McLaughlin for this director. Do we, is this one where the d- director is always choosing this guy to do the score on the soundtrack? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I don't know. This this is a hard one to joke about because it is very. It's kind of serious. Yeah. And I, so it's a harder one to do. Like you know, Lost Boys has some serious stuff, but it's so quirky that it still has like a funny tone. This is like the most serious movie we've done, I think. Oh come on! There's some funny parts in it for sure. <laughs> like what? Like the chicken walk. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like the, the boy with the longest tongue. Jesus, like the the funniness that just like make like makes your dick crawl and like feel weird, and you're just like, oh, this is fucked up. But yes, all of those are really funny. All right, should we just say it now? Sure. Ghostbusters. Ooh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> fucking you Ghostbusters. Have to say the wrong. The it's fucking Ghostbusters. The wrong one. You're right. Ghostbusters too, baby. Save we did Ghostbusters. Day. No, Ghostbusters 2. What's that? Ghostbusters Jackie Wilson song. Yeah. So they just, I mean, they came straight serious on Ghostbusters 2. They were just. After one, they're like, joking around. Now we're going to. Now we're going to make a. Now we're going to put fucking slime in a toaster and make it dance to Jackie Wilson. And that's serious. No, we're doing Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. What do y'all think of that? We've been doing, you know what? This is our response to all the critics, all the comments out there. Like, Are you ready for the sex girls? All you guys do is it's freaking frat boy pop comedies and yep. pop soundtracks, fat boys, fucking knows. bullshit, blah, blah, blah. You had to bring on somebody like Ton to talk about Ruskies to finally get Gorky Park on. You guys should do repo, man. Shut the fuck up, all right? Actually, you know what I started to fucking watch? What? <laughs> what is that one? That we gotta do it. It's so shitty. It's with Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen, and they're... Yeah, they're the trash men. Yes. Is that... Re- what is that called? The trash man. Yeah, I I think that one's called Repo Man, too. He's in two <laughs> I swear to God. Man. But anyway, it's awesome. I don't know. Was that the 80s or early 90s? I think it's right on the cusp. Yeah, it's right on the cusp. Fine. But it's actually That's got... the one movie we can do in the 90s. Just yeah. Because cause it's basically an 80s movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like them trying to still be, but it's like, nope. <laughs> oh, God. You got to watch it if you haven't seen it. It's so oh, good. That... Just watch that back to back with Willie's Wonderland. There's a movie with Charlie Sheen where he hijacks a girl in a car. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 92. Yeah, that's like right after that But he's one. still yeah. trying to be 80s in that one, too. You yeah. Know? And yeah. the girl is very, very... Tra- that, which, was that the girl? Yeah, it's Chrissy that- Swanson. Yeah, Yeah. okay. We said that. Did we say yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thing? Okay. Uh, Do you think Christy Swanson and Elizabeth Shue hate each other? Because <laughs> I think sometimes they're the same person. Um, but she's just a little. I guess Chrissy Swanson's a little younger, right? Yeah, but I was just trying to think the actual answer to their question. Oh. <laughs> all right, so let's dude, now all the David Lynch fans that tune in are just pissed because we switched right away <laughs> to talking about a million. Okay, all right, let's get into the movie. Come on, we'll stay focused. Sorry, sorry. Okay, Blue Velvet stats. Let's do it. Are you all sure? right, 1986. It came out. Great year. We said. And hey, let's be uh, hey. I'll I'll be honest. Blue Velvet is not one that I watched in the eighties. I want like the first David Lynch movie I really watched was Mulholland Drive, 
And then oh, I yeah. think I went and saw what and rented Blue Bellet after seeing Mulholland Drive. So this is something I watched as a teenager. This is it. So this one probably doesn't have like the associations like we other ones do, where it's like, oh, but I really did watch it. Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, you Even did. I wasn't eighties. I'm just saying, as we were kids, still like, yeah, you know, teen, starting to be teenage. Oh, I do remember that we watched Twin Peaks. So I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking movies. If you want to count the TV show, I don't know that I understood it. Kind of when yeah. I was watching yeah. it, I thought it was fun though. Still, I remember being like, "This is great." Yeah. But I, I understood everything going on, and I don't know if like what happened, like. What, what what channel was it even on that you could watch it? That's what I don't remember anyway. I but. think it was on regular. It was on regular TV. I think it was on NBC, right? I thought yeah. so. Yeah, like NBC or something. Yeah. Right? Anyway, yeah. I don't know if mom and dad liked us watching it. Maybe so. I don't remember, but I feel like somehow I got disconnected from it, even though I didn't want to or something. Anyway, so eighty six, great year. We said eighty five to eighty seven is definitely prime for the eighties. Rated R, of course. And I think even they had to cut things to make it rated R at that time. We know 80s. We said 80s. Hey, they can show a boob and still get PG. But on the other spectrum, you couldn't go into stuff like this without getting concerned about going to like X rating or whatever. Yeah. Thing. They were, there was a, a weird. They were thinking thing. they would do X rating. Why? Because of the drugs. Uh, I was reading just where, yes, they had to cut a bunch of scenes where it was like just too much. Like domestic like, abuse stuff and uh, okay. rape stuff. Like they couldn't do some things that were a little bit more to that part. Okay. okay. Yep. And that's that how makes. it was. Like you could show a boob, you could say the F word, that would still be like a PG, but then you couldn't go like too far the other way. Otherwise you get X more than today. That's crazy. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, two hours long. It's it had a six million dollar budget. It made eight million at the box office. Also, like I, think about the other movies we did in '86. <laughs> this I know, movie, it's, just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just night and day, basically. Yeah. Um, so it didn't make a ton of movie in the box office, but over time, like once it got some acclaim, and it did, like around '86, it got obviously more revenue and things like that. And, um, it was by De, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. So and Dina was, De Laurentiis did yeah. this? Okay, yeah. Yeah, and they did a lot of movies that I think we like. Um, Manhunter, yeah. Blue Velvet, I have it here. Near Dark, Evil Dead. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And The Transformers, the movie. <laughs> nice. so, good, good collection. I'm just saying most of those I like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. And good theme song, good soundtrack for Transformers, the movie, right? If we ever really yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah, no, we should do that one. That's definitely one I had down we got to do. <laughs> um, it's a little bit heavy, heavy rock, but I still like sometimes. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing, oh, the whole point of that is just that they would pick up movies that would get covered by other productions, you know? Right. And then yeah. they found this one, obviously, which is a great one that no one else would had the guts to do, you know, which is one of their best ones. Mm-hmm. Being honest. Do you want to do a summary of the movie? Sure. Um, Dude, you never want to do this. Should I just do it every time? <laughs> no. <laughs> Laura, Kyle McLaughlin, um, by, it's home from college. His dad is um, in the hospital. In the hospital. Uh, he finds an ear walking home. Um, he gets intrigued. He, he gets intrigued. He gives it to um the, the local neighbor. police yeah the local police officer guy that's the neighbor who also has a young daughter who's still in, co- in high school that's laura dern it's them they break into the apartment of like a she overhears 
of a singer, and that's uh, what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini. Then they sort of get involved, like in breaking in and like trying, following to try to figure out how they're involved. Get involved with, uh, which is played by Dennis Hopper, and they're just fucking insane, crazy, weird. And then it all goes downhill from there. Drug dealers, basically, <laughs> drug yeah, kind of a guy. And they like try to help her. And drugs. Basically, basically yeah. he yeah. he finds of like an, of what's on the surface is like a nice town. He finds the underbelly of it, and yeah, which is which whole yeah, time and he gets him intrigued or whatever. And but at the same time, he falls in love with the the girl next with door. The, yeah, and it's like two. But also at the same time with Isabella Rossellini to some extent. Yeah, like because that it's so he's it's really more about right his him being in, in between these two worlds, right? The perfect veneer world, which is where the movie starts and the underbelly and like, yep. which, and the two women represent those two different things. And this movie um, got really good acclaim when it came out and it pushed um, David Lynch to be kind of a well-known person along with a lot of these actors in the movie. Um, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director and then um, Dennis Hopper got the Golden Globe for Supporting Actor. And then okay. it was a screenplay nominee as well for David Lynch for Golden Globe. And then pretty much the Independent Spirit Awards, it won like everything that year. Oh, I'm sure, so, yeah. Yeah. David Lynch was the director, uh, writer, producer, pretty much like everything. Soundtrack extraordinaire <laughs> as well, we'll get into. Um, he didn't, I mean, he didn't like write everything, but it, the, the soundtrack is, um, you know, connected to the film very closely. But a lot of people know David Lynch. You mentioned Mulholland Drive. Um, he, I think his first movie was technically Eraserhead, Elephant Man. He also did Dune. Dune was like a big failure for him, unfortunately, yeah. commercially, right before this film. So that's why I think he had a hard time getting this one made for, for a bit. Um, we also mentioned Twin Peaks, the TV show. And um, he also did Wild at Heart. So uh, one of my favorite directors. I don't know if you like him or what you think. Uh, yeah, I, uh, a lot. I still, again, I think I was just in the sweet spot of like being maybe junior, senior year of high school and watching Mahala Drive and then just being like, I love this movie. Oh, no, maybe it was a little bit after. Maybe it was like early college, but uh, loved it. And then we've told the story, right, so many times. It's like we, if we did watch some Twin, uh, Twin Peaks and like catch glimpses of it, still we'll never forget, we've said it before, where... Uh, Cardiff one Christmas just Mulholland Drive was on and he just like watched the whole thing when he was like three I don't remember that <laughs> we've said it on this podcast oh okay yeah I, and he just he's still who's at least the he director to... isn't he French for Holy Rollers or whatever Who yeah the... oh they're yeah they're kind of like similar a little bit a little they? bit yeah there's yeah. be like surreal moments well I just yeah. remember too because for a long time, Cardiff remembered the grandparents in Mulholland Drive that when they turn when they kind of are little and chasing her yeah. in like that dream sequence, he like talked about them. So I just like came downstairs and I'm like, why is this? Why is the end of Mulholland Drive on? And now like Cardiff is asleep. It's two a.m. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I forgot about that. Kind of. Yeah. All right. So you met, like an um, Isabella Rossellini. She plays Dorothy. She's a night lounge singer. And she unfortunately gets, uh, her life gets turned upside down by the, the drug dealer, uh, Frank, character Frank. 
he basically just intrudes his, in her life and uh, kidnaps her husband and her son. Yeah. Um, and I won't like go too much into that otherwise, but um, let's see. She was in, um, in the eighties, she was in a movie called white nights and tough guys don't dance. I haven't really seen either of those. Yeah. They both, both look, um, they both look like pretty good movies to check out. And she does a really, I mean, all the characters in this movie are pretty good. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Oh okay. yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Not really. Anybody kind of sticks out as a bad fit. I'm just trying to think if that's the case anywhere. No. I mean, a couple of the smaller characters, he doesn't sometimes get people that are like real actors, but it somehow plays well. Still. Yeah, it works well because then they're like, just, they're being the veneer of whatever. Yeah, something about it. It's not like, too, it doesn't come off too bad. Um, she's Ingrid Bergman's daughter and um, Abito Rossellini. Um, she was married to Scorsese for a while. She was a model before she became an actress. I guess the face of Lancome. And then one other reference is she was in Madonna's music video, Erotica. Who was this? Um, Isabella. Oh, yes. Yeah. She was in her video, Erotica. And I was like, what? And then I went back and watched. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always think she's the funniest. In that, movie, in that video, there's so many different, like, flashing things, you know, you don't maybe realize. That it's Isabella Rossellini. Her, yeah. My favorite Isabella Rossellini thing out of this Blue Velvet, and, and then obviously outside of Erotica. <laughs> is uh uh that she was um on 30 rock that she was the the she was alec baldwin's uh ex-wife on 30 rock oh really I yeah didn't, i didn't really watch much 30 rock. on this first oh. season and then like <laughs> you know she's she's supposed to be very rich and he's very rich as a ceo but she's just like they see he says something like you know in our divorce you got our our arby's franchise arby's you got our Arby's. You took our Arby's franchise outside of Telluride. She's like, you know, forget you, Jack. You know how much I love my big beef and cheddar. <laughs> so I mean, like, obviously written by Tina Fey, but it's really funny by her delivering it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned Kyle McLaughlin. Yes. Um, he, I for some reason I wrote he's from Washington. <laughs> yeah. I started thinking I should write more people. Is he from Washington? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. right, there's, this is all, right, the, the name of this town is Lumberton, you know, so he's already yeah. getting, he, he's got a very north, I don't, actually don't think, I guess Mulholland drives, and then he goes more California with some of the other stuff, Inland Empires of California. Um, um, but yeah, like he does Northwest, and then Twin Peaks is obviously Northwest. Yeah. So he's got that. Is he from Northwest, David Lynch? I actually don't know. I don't, uh, whoops, I didn't check. No, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but yeah. I would assume he, he seemed to have some <laughs> Probably, interest in that. Um, he, would, he, play, he was in Dune as the main character with David Lynch. Yes. Uh, and then he was obviously ends up in Twin Peaks as well. Um, he was also in the movie The Doors with Val Kilmer, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, we mentioned the movie Val on Amazon. And oh, yeah. Something else. Um, and he he found the soundtrack for that just because there's a song called My Wild, My Wild Love, where it's actually the actors singing it. You know, um, they're like in the desert on drugs or something, I think. And okay. like writing the song in the movie, like when they wrote it, when the Doors wrote it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Off. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Um, but he actually of, sang it. Yeah, and they were like singing it together and doing stuff. And that was... And of, and of course, um, no one, everyone... 
never ever forgets Kyle McLaughlin's ass in Showgirls. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a big one for him. Um, and the Flintstones. He's also in that. As well. Oh yeah, actually, he's really good in the Flintstones. Isn't yeah, he? he's kind like of a mean guy, office guy. Or yeah, what? that's right. Yeah, I mean, you think of that. Him and uh, Goodman, and really, um, and Moranis. I mean, yeah. Jesus. That's Flintstones. Flintstones yeah. directed by David Lynch. In case you yeah. <laughs> he was originally signed on and he was just like, yeah. he's like, this, he actually he was like, this shit is too underground for me. And they I cut the rape scene of that. Yeah. Okay, this is <laughs> like Bam Bam so we, and Bam Bam and like whoever. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay. That's getting bad. And then he was also in Portlandia. Yeah. And then Sex in the City. And they were looking at Val Kilmer as well for this this role. I can't believe that. But Val K- Kilmer turned it down because he said it, it's too pornographic. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, yeah, I thought I know he came from you know remember from Val he came from a little bit more of a Christian family, so maybe he just didn't want to do it. Yeah, I could see. You know, I mean, you could see Val. Think about Val, real genius Val. Maybe not re- this Val doing this. I, yeah, I could see him in there. I no, I mean, I can see him in there. I just like them paired up all the time. <laughs> yeah. You mean, you mean McLaughlin and Lynch? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems to work pretty well. Um, then we got Dennis Hopper. You mentioned him. He plays – oh, sorry. And his character is Jeffrey. Kyle's is. Dennis yeah. Hopper plays Frank. Dennis Hopper's from Kansas. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s, a lot of people know Dennis Hopper. I mean, he's like epic or whatever, you know. But just listing some of the movies in the 80s like we typically do. He was in Rumblefish, which Mm -hmm. is a great movie. Um, Hoosiers, I think he got nominated or even won Academy Award for Hoosiers. Yeah. As like one of the drunk dads of the players. Yes. And then also the pickup artist. Mm -hmm. Those were like the 80s. And then a lot of people know because he was in Cool Hand Luke too. Some of these other ones are earlier. Yeah, when he's younger. Yeah. Easy Rider, which he also wrote and directed that. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse Now and Speed. Um, yes. he, and so he and he does writing, directing, and he also had a photography career in like the 60s as well, Jeez. where he was pretty famous for that as well. Hopper just getting it done on all artistic fronts. Yep. He's uh, like an artist across the board. That's why people love him. And then I just noted this because it's the soundtrack he's in is Gorillas Live in Manchester, just because the one track where he does a speaking part and oh, can't remember the, the on, you mean on the gorillas yeah, yeah. The gorilla. but then they made a movie where it was like them and playing in manchester or something yeah so i think he performed there like he came on stage you know oh cool listed as in the soundtrack of that and dern don't forget laura dern right and then this is the last one we got which um for the movie is laura dern i mean everybody loves her i think but i don't know yeah um especially in mask which is yes why are we blind. not doing mask for Halloween? I know, shit, shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the soundtrack has anything really. What do you mean? It's got to have like at least a couple good Bob Seger songs on it. Maybe you're right. Or you could just say that. Yeah. And if it doesn't. Um, yeah. Just like we did with Ruskies or whatever. Yeah. With uh, Gorky Park. Yeah, Gorky Park. <laughs> just pretend. Yeah. But yeah, she played that, and actually. Isabella Rossellini heard that Laura Dern was in the movie. She didn't understand why David Lynch cast the role as a blind girl. Because she'd seen Mask and really thought she was blind. Oh. 
<laughs> was like, why, why are you casting wow. a blind person? She did such a good job. She thought she was real. <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? It's going to make it so much harder for us. Yeah. Nice. And then she was in a movie uh, called Smooth Talk in the 80s. She didn't have a lot of 80s movies, really. I think we're just fucking dancing around Mask this season two. Yeah, we should put that in there. <laughs> I'm serious because, like, at the end of the day, right, we've got Back to the Future and you had and you had Stoltz doing the movie but then uh, getting pulled at the last second. And then, yeah, you've got, we were doing Dern on this one. It's just... And- in general, chiseled and grizzled. Yeah, chiseled and grizzled. That's got, what's his name? Yeah. And what? Sometimes we mention beaches. Oh yeah. And share. Oh my god. <laughs> With the women's episode, we usually talk about beaches. I don't think shares in beaches. If that's what you're implying, she's but... not. No. <laughs> what is she in? What's I think you think. Are you thinking of mermaids? No, she has. You're right. She's not in beaches. Though. <laughs> god damn it. It's okay. If you, that's awesome. I probably lost my man card knowing that. I but, know, but that's okay. I yeah. know. I'm just trying to tie it in. Give yeah. Me okay. That's fine. <clears throat> and then obviously she was also. Oh, uh, should we just pull like a thing we've never pulled, which is you just switch right now the episode to no. mask? Yeah. No, we can't. And she was in Rambling Rose. She got an Academy Award. Yes. That, and we've seen that one, and we know all know why. We all know why. We got the promo copy. for. We stole it from Jason Altemeyer. Best little whorehouse in Texas yep. and Ramblin'. And Ramblin' Rose both had tit scenes the in them. That was the, the closest we had to porno in our basement. <laughs> My um, dad, Our dad and- is just like, oh, you guys are, you guys are like film connoisseurs. We're like, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Ramblin' Rose. It's on all cylinders. Um, Jurassic Park. She's in. She's one of the leads. Oh, she yes. does a great job. <laughs> one of the scientists. She's just a great actress. I mean, come on. Yeah, you got up and down now. She's got a career, right? Yeah, she's, she's kind like of been one everything. of the best actresses of all time, basically. Yeah. If you're being yeah. honest. If you're thinking and about everything. And looked yeah. at potential for this role. Oh, I'm, that would have hurt, right? I'm that glad they hurt. didn't. Um, yeah. She got to do Wild Horse, which is... That's better for you, Molly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was kind of the main um, movie stuff. And the movie stuff, just one more thing, just because I mentioned uh, this movie a little bit, but they had, uh, uh, David Lynch had written this for Debbie Harry, this movie, and the part, and Laura Darn's part. Oh. I mean, Blue Velvet, well, which we'll get in the soundtrack, it was also a basis, but he was thinking of this for Debbie Harry or something as well when he wrote that character, which is kind of interesting. But I guess she was in Videodrome, the movie I want to see. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess she said she got sick of playing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what what the thing was. I can't remember. But anyway. She got got sick of every, like, director and everyone in the world loving her. So So she turned that down, turned this down. But Way to go, Debbie. Now what are you thinking? You're alone watching Blue Velvet going, that could have been me. Yeah. And that would have been good. It could have been good. But I think Laura Dern's better. She's more of an ingenue and like innocent, which is what the I think the part is, right? Yeah. yeah. And so just a summary of what we think of the movie. To me, it's one of my favorite movies. And it's a movie that I seem to always, I could just keep watching it, like without a problem, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some some of the parts, like maybe like 
if, if I could tweak a couple things in the movie, there's just a couple parts I would, but I wouldn't touch very much. Like, I don't really get why he has Dennis Hopper be the, the well-dressed man. I don't like that part. Yeah. That's it. That's the one thing that gets to me. I don't get that one. Why? You well, because you, you can see so well it's Dennis Hopper, so I don't understand. Maybe, like, you're supposed to think he's far away and you can't see that he's Dennis Hopper dressed up, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that part, really, why they had to integrate that. I don't know. Because it's, it's... Like, it's almost like this reveal, but it's really lame, you know? And yeah. you don't need it for the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? I get. But, I mean that, but that's the whole point. It's a reveal that's not a reveal. I guess so. I don't know. Am I missing something? Yeah. That, that, that's, I think, the nihilism that's inherent, right? There's a, an easiness around that. So it's just adding to that uneasiness. Got it. And because, right, it, it helped. It's really playing to his intrigue. Like, oh, okay, there is this thing, and it's this big mystery, but it's not really a big mystery also, right? So it's a big mystery that's also not a big mystery. I guess. You're not satisfied with that answer? No. Well, that, that's, not what, at all. that's the like whole that's thing. Little, the whole thing like is supposed to be of... that you have to be comfortable with ambiguity. I feel like that's uh, like a little BS or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, let's. We're not going to sit here and like debate the, the okay. I didn't say of... we were. I didn't say we were. Yeah, but that's just the. I, there's a, and I and I just threw that out of the blue. There's a, like one other thing that's kind of like that that I just think could be amped up just a hair. But I'm otherwise obviously I think it's a really really good movie. What what do you think? Oh yeah, it sucks. I hate all of it. I hate everything about it, <laughs> and it sucks. What do you mean? It's great. It's one of the best. I like things that end with like a blah, and that's what it is, because that's life. With a what? With like a uh, eh. It's the way it is. It's the way it goes. But what doesn't go like that is this soundtrack. Why do you think it ends with a uh? Just because, like, I don't know. You don't. What you don't really? What do you learn? There's not no lesson learned, right? Uh, what, was the, what was the lesson learned? There isn't one. The lesson learned is that even though things look great on the surface, they're they they're not always that way. I guess. But I don't think. That's not, I don't know. I think that's like, and that, a, I mean, it ends up okay, but I, I mean, like, it's okay to, I guess, follow a mystery. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. So, like, he did all that and then there wasn't anything, right? Because it just all ended up being fine. So, he could have done it, he couldn't. Did he grow? Did he not grow? I don't think he really grew. I don't know. I think some, because he, he came back to appreciate, you know, the simpler situations, right? With the girl next door. I guess, but was he really just retreating? Right? But he couldn't, not, a relationship with what's her name couldn't have ever really worked out. And that, it wasn't really what it was, you know? Yeah. So that's what I mean by, uh, 
that uh, that the world is just all one kind of big uh, blah. So he could have done that. He could have done this. He could have done that. He could have not done that. So I like it. All right, the soundtrack. Here we go. Into the unknown. This is a hard one to get super pumped for, but let's do it. I'm pumped. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's a little different. Just like the movie's a little different. Um, Again, we said it's a score. Uh, A part of it's a score, and then there's more like um, 50 songs. Yeah, mixed in, and there's also. I guess that's what I mean, right? I mean, there's some good 50 songs, and actually, you can get pumped on the on the score stuff. But it's good. It ties with the movie so well, so it's playing into the whole mysterious, yeah, haunting kind of thing. What's happening? Yeah. So um, we're gonna let's should we just get into it? But I just yeah, go. that we're gonna do like three or three or four of the uh, score songs. Score. Yeah, talk about them together since it's the same composer kind of thing. And yeah, that with the score stuff, and then when we get to the the actual like fifty songs or things like that, we'll just we'll break those down a little more, if that makes right. sense. Perfect.
All right. All right. We got a nice sampling of the uh, start of the score part. What are you talking about sampling? We just, I just went through like in, in a four co- uh, song score sequence, an entire uh, emotional journey. Yep, definitely. Um, we, we listened to uh, our main title, Sandy and Jeffrey, Frank and Jeffrey's Dark Side. Oh my God, that's what I'm talking about. Look how quickly it goes from the veneer yep. and main title. To Main the underbelly. It's played in the movie at the beginning. They've got Blue Velvet in the background. They're, they're listing out some of the, the uh, actors and director and everything. And, and yeah, you mean by Blue Velvet, you <laughs> literally Blue Velvet. Yeah, just they're Blue projecting. Velvet. Yeah, they're projecting the names onto Blue Velvet. Yeah, and it's a nice kind of setting the tone. I'm pretty yeah. sure Sandy and Jeffrey comes on when they first meet after yep. visits the detective's house. And obviously that has kind of a love theme to it although there's another song coming up six different times <laughs> that's supposed to emulate them falling in love yeah and then frank is obviously when his character comes in more than likely um the first time which is up in uh, when he first comes into um dorothy's room mm-hmm. uh, that whole scene with jeffrey in the closet witnessing what the heck's going on and his like oh so good control over her and then Jeffrey's dark side, I think, is when he comes out of the closet in that same scene or and or another part of the movie as well. So so two things, since, I mean, we get it and where it ties to the movie and obviously score even more than some of the soundtracks we listen to just automatically ties to the movie. Um, one thing that struck me, I just realized what I was watching slash listening to that opening sequence, how much then Todd Haynes sort of rip that aesthetic off a little bit or maybe paid homage to it, whatever you want to call it in making far from, I think it's far from heaven with yeah. Julianne Moore, which yeah. again is same kind of a thing, right? Where it's said in a 50 idyllic fifties. And then there's the underbelly, her husband being gay racism yeah. uh, with the gardener. Um, but that those main titles are very similar, right? And almost the same kind of aesthetic. Uh, they were both going for then this aesthetic of like the fifties. Yeah. So I did something that just struck me because I like that movie too. And then realizing, I think, you know, just how similar that whole, that just is in general. Um, and then two, I guess, what do you think it is that separates this and this and who's the composer who always works with Lynch? Who's the composer? Were you going to say something about him? Yeah, I am. Why? Oh, like, what is it that separates him what is what separates this from just kind of regular orchestral score? Uh, what is it, or is it that it is so standard orchestral in the time frame that it's happening that it seems that it seems different because nobody was making score like this? You mean David for David Lynch or yeah, yeah. Oh, he he put a I think he put a different um, classical set in front of him and said make something like this and then he returned around a couple tracks and he liked it a lot because he was going for the feel of that of a certain i don't remember the name of it david lynch was and oh like a a specific composer yeah okay and once he heard a couple of the tracks he's like you got it 
and they weren't. So playing. they were all oh, the, so they were really setting. They were saying sound. That's what I'm saying. It's like they were trying to sound like a specific classical. Yeah, a certain thing for a certain mood, but he also wanted to be obviously its own thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but I think he did a couple tracks for him, and then he was like, "Nailed it! You're with me." And the whole thing was he came in. His name's Angelo Badalamenti. Okay. And he came in initially to play piano with Isabella. Uh, right, Isabella, or wait? Yeah. Uh, is that how you say it? No, no. Isabella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isabella Rossellini. Isabella. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he came in to play piano and help her sing the songs that she does. Mm-hmm. And then somehow off of that, it started working with David Lynch and spawned off to actually doing the score or whatever. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And he did other stuff too before this, but that and that's why he was brought in to do the piano stuff with her. He did other um mainly like soundtracks and TV like music and stuff. Composed. Okay. Um, what else did he then, do? But then once he did this, this was kind of where he took off. And he did everything with David Lynch after this, basically. Yeah. Uh, Twin Peaks TV show theme and all that stuff was some of his most well Yeah, but he did Mulholland Drive, he did like everything. Uh, I think, he, but at, since he got famous through David Lynch, he also did, let's see, um, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation score. Mm-hmm. Were some offbeat ones. And he did A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which is also the fat boys of that song. <laughs> on that so here we go again. God damn it. I know. And then um, Parents, which was, uh, <laughs> what the hell is that movie like? Um, geez, I, don't, I can't even think of it. Um, but he wrote a song called Meatloaf, Meatloaf Mambo for that. Um, but it's like kind of like a dark movie. The, yeah. And it's, uh, geez, what's, what's the one movie where the mom just like is from the 50s and kills people? Serial Mom? Yeah, Serial Mom. It's kind of like that, but with two parents. And I think it was more that. So, yeah. Um, so he he spun off and did some of his own stuff, but he mainly stayed in the David Lynch realm is the whole point, really. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like that's, yeah, he stayed in this universe that he likes. Um, yeah. And it's it's like a quiet classical. I wish we knew who it was that they were trying to emulate. Oh, but I have that somewhere. I think I wrote it down, but I just don't. It's, a, it's, fine. it's fine. It's not like we would know it probably. It's probably something obscure that he then said, okay, I want to. And I will, I'll, we'll get to it eventually, going through everything. Oh, um, Shostakovich, a Russian okay. composer. Got it. But he wanted to be more dark and scary. and. Brutal. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, so it's going to be minor, a lot of minor key and dark. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of carries through, through the other movies and things, too, somewhat. But then they always mix in something, just like the movie, right? Then they mix in, like, a lighthearted couple of things, you know? Yeah. The underbelly versus the... The pretty stuff or whatever, I feel like. All right, should we go through a couple more? Yeah. Okay. But I like that, yeah, I'm reading the quote where it says, make it dark, but a little bit scary. And yeah. so it's like, there you go. This is, so ultimately, this is why this is the Halloween episode. Oh, yeah. Because it's a little bit scary. A little bit scary. You, even when you're looking at, at something really pretty, like the lawns and like the trees and things. It's still, yeah, it's still <laughs> a little. And what? And then, like, uh, whatever. What is he doing? What is he taking? Uh, when he's going, what is he doing? I can't even remember. What is uh, that? Originally, it was written as helium. 
Okay, it was helium. Okay. Something else. No, no, it's not. Yeah, but it's not, right? Uh, uh, Dennis Hopper changed it. It's supposed to be something that's more of um aphrodisiac, but I don't okay. can't remember what it is exactly. Yeah, but either way, yeah. Well, I oh, just, weird, I weird Dennis Hopper was like, oh, helium, that's boring. I went, I, how about this drug? Like, he knows a better yeah, drug. He knew, he knew, you know. Yeah. I guess when he got the when he got offered, they're always like, "I've got to have this part because it is me." <laughs> so yeah, kind of creepy, but I don't think that's a little scary. The really bad part, and he just meant yeah, other stuff, the neurotic kind yeah. of. All right, we just keep getting farther along, deeper and deeper. Two of those out of the three were kind of the, were the same theme. Yeah. Mysteries of Love. The first one was a French horn solo. The other one was instrumental. And then there was also Frank Returns, which is, you know, uh, I probably would play off Frank, but didn't sound, it sounded pretty much completely different, didn't it? It's almost like Frank is triumphantly returning. Yeah, he's triumphantly returning. It's a little bit more uppity there or something. <laughs> yeah. So, word like churning um mysteries of love is also one more track on the soundtrack when it has lyrics so we're going to hear that sometime which is going to be great 
but that's the, the that one's the theme song of the love of Jeffrey and Sand, Sandy is what that is. So I think mm. the movie, whenever they're together, they play like a version of that pretty much of that song. Okay. In the background. Yeah, when they're together and it's the scene and scenes where their relationship is advancing kind of a thing. Where they're like alone kind of a thing. More like the nice. love. I don't think every time they're So truly, yeah, even though he's sort of cheating on her, they're it's kind of showing the music is saying, you know, but they're really it's still growing. Is because he it gets more out? complicated. Is he cheating? I I don't count it. I think being that S H I T out of her. Uh, you know, they like fall in love through the movie, right? And they're yeah. together till the end. I mean, they act like they're. Cheating. I hear what you're saying. You mean like they're not really together, even though she he's a, a little she upset. Has a boyfriend almost the whole time until they break. Yeah, at the that's end. true. And that's like, true. He did all the stuff with her before they decided to kind of like be together at the end. Got but, it. Oh, you got her on it. You got Sandy. You got her on a technicality. Yeah, but you. They obviously. Everyone thinks that because at the end they're like apologizing to each other, you know, when yeah. they find out when Dorothy comes and has been really beaten up, yeah, and is you know naked and yeah, comes to get Jeffrey for help and everything out in the open. Um, because obviously, yeah, he didn't tell her, you know, because yeah. he was updating her all the time and he didn't say, Hey, I went ahead and forked her last night. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i you know i understand why now if lynch was cool right then he would have really just turned it into like some weird uh, 80s movies like and then i porked her <laughs> <laughs> but he does a scenes where he updates her about everything that happens you know but except he the pork he's like except he doesn't talk about the porking no, yes i guess that's not very honest but at the same yeah. time, weren't really you know you get the point anyway so yeah, so, yeah, using the French horn here. Yeah, it's like he's using the French horn here a lot in this middle section. So you had a lot happening in those first four. Then these middle three, um, French horn always signifies yeah, like triumph, right? But yeah. this is in the middle of the score here. Um, so yeah, why? I don't know. What are they? What is he trying to convey here? Because you're right, it's it's variations on the themes that they've established. Yeah, more triumphant. I think when that come, when that one with the French horn comes in, is when she's doing her speech on like the robins and all that. Oh, okay. Love will triumph. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Maybe you know, I'm not. But and you're and he's giving that hope in the middle, right in the middle of the score. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And she's like kind of a beacon to the back to the norm. Yeah, through the flick. Yeah, so um, those were all also Angelo, what do we say, Badalamenti? Yeah. Um, and because uh, he did the whole score, but we'll get into the mysteries of love because there's a little more to that. I think we should do that when we get to the lyrics version, unless you have. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing with the score. You don't want to just associate it, but it's hard. I, I'm not the best at uh talking about classical music other than saying like what it is and what they're doing and how to kind of how it makes you feel yeah and look out um kenny loggins soundtrack. yeah uh angelo received on your a lifetime achievement award from the world soundtrack award so i don't know if kenny Loggins. oh 
Oh shit! <laughs> you know what? It, you know what he should what Angelo should do is just do like a classical orchestral version of "I'm All Right," <laughs> just to like really lay it in on. Yeah, I'm, on sure. I'm sure that's all he thinks about is going after Kenny Loggins, <laughs> <laughs> if he's still alive, anyway. Yeah. All right. Should we go? To the- right. Yeah, let's go. There's this last uh, last bit of score, and then we'll get into some like some songs. Softer than sand. 
Okay, that was a lot to digest. Oof. That's pretty cool. That actually is where, I mean, I've liked the, the classical stuff, but this is a nice switch up here. Yeah, I think or so. eight nine eight nine ten tracks eight nine ten. So what we listened to was um, Isabella Rossellini singing "Blue Velvet," and I think there's another song in there too. Blue Star. Blue Star. Yeah, she does both of those. Like, from what's, what's your take on just like lounge singers in general? Like, is that something you enjoy? I don't know. That's um, my favorite. I don't know if I've actually seen one in person. Yeah. I just see him on sketches and things. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, where do they? Where do they exist? I don't. Know. I'm sure. I mean, I think if you, I think we've been in Chicago and there's been there's our like some of the older bars, like older hotel bars, will yeah. have people, you know, because certain I, people will come I, and do that. I mean, like the closest I think is like dueling pianos or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just because I don't go to lounges with that. Yeah. <laughs> I go if I see music. I go to like a concert or where I know like the local one person. Yeah, is good. Like not just a loud. Oh, we did in San Diego. See, God, what was that guy's name? He was. He just looked like the guy from Office Space that you know that worked in the basement with the stapler. Yeah. and then he just played he music. like that. He played the piano. He was hilarious. I can't remember his name. He was not very good. But, but at this, so- right? I mean, this is she's kind of doing a classy. I guess I, she's not really a lounge singer. I guess it just the song sounds like that. But she's, she's being a to be a little step up, I think. But yeah, yeah. Like in good. local theaters, right? Yeah. She's not that good of a singer. Let's be honest. Like no, no. Kelly like was watching this with me. She's like, she is awful. <laughs> so I don't know. Angelino didn't help. I guess Angelo. I mean, yeah. You know very much with that too much and maybe you can only do so much but at least he did the soundtrack right yeah i think i think this is part of it right it's like frank's in love with this idea but what is he really in love with is like is she that great of a singer is she yeah. really that amazing i don't know yeah yeah he's, plus, just, he's also just on fucking drugs right so something for him to take over you know yeah like yeah. some excuse and you know just went into that yeah and just okay now i'm gonna take over this person or something yeah because i can i don't know it's all a yeah. lot of, like stuff you could talk about probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we wanted to and so actually though i mean should we talk the thing is in this soundtrack they don't actually have the real blue velvet song they don't they only have the other so do we want to Roy orbison right yeah do we want to mention a little bit about it or not no nah, i mean you can yeah sure um, no, it's by uh, Bobby Vinton. Oh, Bobby Vinton. That's yeah, right. the okay. Polish Prince, which is the best na- nickname I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the Polish Prince. Me too. Uh, let's see. He was born in 1935. He was a singer in the 50s, basically. But don't they, did they play the Bobby Vinton version? Ben? Or no? It was originally a Tony Bennett song. If you, if you yeah. Did. Um, they play it in the movie. But, yeah, that's what they. Yeah, that's they, what I thought. Yeah. After the opening credits, the main tag title. Yes, that's they, what I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grass and the rose and the fence, and they play Blue Velvet by Bobby. Yeah. Vinton. They just. Yeah, don't, that's what I thought. I don't know if they couldn't get it or something, but or yeah. maybe, maybe they. Start, or maybe they purposefully leave it out, right? Right. That's, that's what, what I was thinking. Movie, which also because it's not. Yeah, some of these other ones aren't aren't like not cheap songs. So. Yeah. But that's. His cover of it reached number one in 1963. I don't know how long mm-hmm. it was there. Um, but so that's what I'm saying. Is that really supposed to? I think it's supposed to be the early 60s in this movie. 
Well, I don't know, maybe. Or he doesn't care. I don't know if it really matters. Yeah, I don't think it does either. Because I think what they're probably saying is even if it's the 60s, it's the 50s in a smaller town. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Vincent had some other hits there. I've said it again. And uh, Mr. Lonely. Yeah. And so he's a pretty well-known singer. I mean, yeah, him and like Roy Orbison, who's on here, and some others. I mean, they kind of, not the same, but I'm saying they're, uh, the tone of some of their stuff fits well with the rest of the soundtrack, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And Cro- of, they're crooners. They're like rocky, rockab- like, rockabilly crooners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously, I think David Lynch probably liked them. You're welcome. That can be the name of our independent movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I think David Lynch probably liked them as well, and that's why he uses their stuff. And or he just yeah. feels like it like conveys the right tone for the movies and stuff. Yep. So anyway, okay, and then we saw um, the sound effects suite, which was really yeah, awesome. That's the best. And a lot of those you could use for Halloween, like we're saying. They're really... Yeah. Number 10 USA. <laughs> I would have put that on repeat and just freak people out. They put it out a couple times um, in the movie, I think, when he's in his yeah. car. On the main and I just looked. It really isn't supposed to be the Northwest, Lumberton. It's supposed to be North Carolina. Oh, really? Wow, that's interesting. I know. I could see how that is, though, too. You know, and it's, yeah, they're too far different technically. Um, and then Lynch is from Missoula, Montana. So I don't know. He's all over the place geographically. Oh crap! This guy's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fucking eraser head. Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> this guy's all uh, over the map. But that was awesome, and it also has some of the things where you know he does the crazy visuals, and then there's the sound um, on yeah. Know, or like he goes into the earth to see the ants or termite. I don't know, whatever they were. You know, things like that. It's got the sound effects. Yeah. Which is, I love, those sounds are pretty interesting. So that's, yeah. kind of, like you said, good change of pace. To, yeah. Now, I don't think we've had that on any soundtrack. So that's a cool first. Yeah. A random, just like, like well, unless you want to count uh, <laughs> the fat boys doing their beatboxing. That's kind of a sound effect. <laughs> we can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The beat boys are deaf. Or the beat boys. <laughs> the fat boys are definitely ahead of David Lynch when it comes to like, yeah, you know, breaking the mold. So I would say they get credit for that. Yeah. And we also listen to Akron meets the blues, which we said, yeah, that's like the first Twin Peaks song. In yeah, the- it sounds like it. It started yeah. to feel like that. Just a fill in, like boom, boom, kind of, boom, of something boom. Probably transferring bass, weirdy, yeah, like weirdy bass, all like traveling all over the place, bass with no like a muted Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A muted, not as fun Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's just going all over the place. Yeah, that, but it still sounds cool. So yeah, what such a weird switch up. Yeah, I mean, but like, a great switch up. Like writing something like that seems like it would be harder to do. <laughs> yeah, that still like fits together and doesn't sound too simple. Yeah, I mean, you do that, or you just start playing notes on the bass. I mean, whatever. It's yeah, one of those two true. things. I don't know. I don't think so. I've I don't think. Before, I know. It sounds so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Compared to that, I don't know. All right, should we go to the next one? But yeah, excuse me. I think that that to me. You could say that the one things like Frank returns are Frank, and those are supposed to represent Frank. To me, that eight, nine, ten—that's like, that's like if you were on drugs, or it starts to make you feel like you're on drugs. This is really—that's like eight, nine, ten is like Frank's mind. Frank times a hundred. 
That was Honky Talk Part 1, Bill Doggett. For a lot of people, one of the best instrumentals of all time. Really? Well, yeah, that's what people say. It is good. Yeah. I mean, I think it was one of the um, first kind of rock and roll ones. Oh, is that what it is? It's like a pioneering thing. But people say they, I mean, people still say that. And Mikey and I were trying to think of when it was in the movie. We just went to our standard and said, it's when they're going to the club. <laughs> yeah, that's, I really think it is when they're driving to um, the whorehouse. Yeah. Um, Frank's got uh, Jeffrey in the car with his goons and all that thing. And they're going over. We'll yeah. figure out later it's not that, but that's our go-to for yeah, that's, the song we don't know. That's what we always do, so no big deal. <laughs> um, uh, Doggett was American jazz rhythm blues pianist, and um, he had his honky-tonk was his big one, this one. But there's yeah. a banana part, too. So the, the two parts together were big. And then he also had a song called Hippy Dippy. <laughs> sounds pretty awesome. I'm surprised Lynch didn't use that one. When did that come out? Did it come out before there were a lot of hippies? Yeah. Yeah, I think soon after. Okay. This one. Um, and uh, he worked with people like, uh, let's see here, Ella Fitzgerald, Johnny Otis, Wyononi Harris. Um, okay. And then when I looked up his other soundtrack, he was in, um, mainly he was just in Great Balls of Fire. Oh, yeah. Because he's the... Of um, Jerry Lee Lewis. No, not Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Right? Or Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry yeah. Lee Lewis. I did it right the first time. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had a song in there called As You Desire Me. Okay. And then There's they, another they, one. I mean, if we were going to do a throwback, we could always do Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, that would. I haven't checked the soundtrack. I thought when I saw that, I was like, wait, oh, we should look at that one now. Because maybe there's some underground ones that aren't just the famous 50s ones. Yeah, I think so. And then they used uh, this and part one and part two in, the, two in The Irishman, which we talked about a few times. So I just thought, might as well help talk about it one more time. They like, used this one in The Irishman, you said? Yeah, part one and part two. Oh, oh my God. So. So it's, so it's, 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 a, it's almost got, like, yeah, this is like a piece of Americana is what you're saying. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's got a nice vibe to it, really. Okay. I mean, you can, yeah. right? I think some people say, well, I didn't listen to part two, but because it's not in the movie, but I'll, I'm going to do it later. People, yeah. most things I saw said part two is better. Oh, as you kind of get into it, you fucking you you're you're opening up uh, just a fucking can of worms here on the podcast. People in Vermont are gonna, they're they're all fucking part oneers. Vermontees are out of here now because I said that, but that's okay. I mean, I'm just saying what I'm taking in. I'm not saying that's my opinion. Yet. But North Carolina is on board because we we called it out for Lumberton, the yeah, state town that's in uh, NC. And they love part two. And they fucking love Honky Tonk part two. Cut up your wood, number 10. 10. Whoop-doo-ba-doo, I'm Billy Doggett. (laughs) Fuck you. Well, that's really about all I got about him, because that, you know, that was kind of his career. Yeah. I mean, and it was like like some other people. Yeah, you know what, though? I'm going to throw a fucking monkey wrench in this whole thing and just tell you my favorite's Hippy Dippy. I know, we got to, you know that's the one I'm probably playing at the end. Yeah, I know, <laughs> God damn it. Goes to my room every night, just a sprinkle stardust and a whisper, go to sleep, everything is all right. I close my eyes, when I drift away into the mind. 
That was Roy Orbison in Dreams, two minutes and fifty seconds. Um, that I know the 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 movie's called Blue Velvet, and we talked about the the Polish prince. But this song is more the song probably that makes the movie. Don't it you? is, so that's why I think they don't bring the, to do the Vinton one. Everyone knows that one, and it's like yeah. really this this song the represents the movie, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think and, so. The crazy part is he didn't want David Lynch to use the song for the movie. Because of everything? Yeah, and Lynch found a way, it doesn't say how, where he didn't have to get his him to sign off. He didn't. He found some other legal way to get the song for the movie. Wow. And then Roy Orbison didn't even know it got used until like he saw the movie like five years later or something. Like oh, shit. You know, like later on. But he wasn't pissed because he liked the movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this makes sense kind of a thing. Now why they did it. Yeah. And then went back and did like a... I mean, at that point too, Orbison, right? You got to remember then it was the Orbisons happened literally. the This is 86. 87 Pretty Woman. And he yeah. makes some shit ton of money off of that. Yeah, probably. So he's like, oh, fuck it. But they did... Oh, they, I love independent film now. Then they did a new collabo video, him and Lynch, music video with this song with the movie or something. Oh, like that same time frame, or yeah, that same time frame. Once he saw the movie and like realized, well, it. so it wasn't five years later. You're saying it was like, oh yeah, sorry. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look. Okay, it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was right during the movie. That got know? it. They just did yeah. it later, and maybe, yeah, I can't find it anyway. Yeah, I, I swear. I come on in that script. I, I we can let everybody know. I got you the uh, blue velvet script for your birthday. Is it crossed out at the top where it says in dreams and then it's like blacked out and then it says blue velvet? Like originally the song, the movie was called In Dreams. Yeah, that's really good. Seriously. Um, and this, his nickname was the Caruso of rock. <laughs> the Caruso? Yeah. What does that mean? A big O. So we got two guys with great names the Polish Prince. Yeah. Caruso of rock. Only David Lynch knows these guys really well, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> And man, David Lynch is trying to kind of be that, like a look like that, right? He's got like a pompadour kind of a little bit, like he puts his hair up like that. In this description says Orbison's songs typically conveyed vulnerability at a time when most male rock and roll performers chose defiant masculinity. Yeah. That's written really well. <laughs> that is really good. Who wrote that? Some guy on Wikipedia? And that's why David Lynch used the song. Or not just why, but I'm just saying part. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Frank does get, make himself vulnerable, right? At the end of the day. Oh, yeah. He's pretty open. Yeah. Even though he's like, he, psychotic. Even though he's fucking psychotic. He's a sociopath. But he's also. He's, a, he's an open sociopath. Right. Which we'll get into one specific thing about that, too, later in the song. But. Um, Orbison, some of his other top tracks. Mikey, when it's, when it's, when it's your time to go, I'm going to kiss you all over your face and then beat you just dead, beat the shit out of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only the Lonely, Running Scared, you mentioned, Oh Pretty Woman. Yeah. Kind of some of his top tracks. Oh, oh Pretty Woman's more like the upbeat one than any. Yeah. So that's what I'm just saying. Think about that year, back to back, year to year. That's such a, yeah. they were, everyone, they made that try to, to be like a upbeat, fun movie which really a, a fun song and then really it's about a prostitute 
as well. They're like prostitution. I know. What the hell is going on with like <laughs> not one of his things really talks about prostitution. Yeah. And got, you know. <laughs> got two of these things going on. Um, let's see, some other music. I guess sex slave is a little bit different than prostitution, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he's from Nashville. Right. And he's yeah. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then um, he, in soundtracks, uh, he, they feature him in Less Than Zero, which we've talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Song called Life Fades Away. I don't think it was a song for the soundtrack. No. And Less Than Zero <laughs> is like, that's like the medi- that's the happy medium between like a pretty woman and this movie. It was trying yeah. to be dark and it's really kind of poppy bullshit. Yeah, kind of. And then um, Insignificance, this one looked great. <laughs> it was something where like four uh, icons of their time somehow meet. And I'd never heard of this movie before. So it was like Einstein meets like Marilyn Monroe meets like something else. <laughs> okay. This sounds crazy to you, but you gotta you gotta try to look it up later. Okay. And they use the song Wild Hearts, and I don't it seemed like maybe he made that one for this one. Unless okay. I don't know if Wild Hearts, I don't know the song. Wait, and this the movie is that these four are meeting, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Called I think... Insignificance. Dude, I... What year was it made? Came out. It's like eighties. Yeah, I think I see that. Eighty-five. I think I have two. That's why. That's why. You know how like you just kind of like have a flip. I know. All right, we found our next. Are we found the November episode? (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Do you kind of remember like Einstein was? Yes. I just can't. Like I didn't look it up yet, but I'm remembering this. This like thing. It's like on the tip of your tongue in my brain. Yeah. And I just like I know if I watched the scene, I'd be like, "Holy shit!" I fucking watched this. Yeah, he said, "Pretty woman," obviously used that song, and then only the lonely song actually was a theme song for like that John Candy movie. Only, yeah, the only the lonely. Yeah, so which is actually a pretty good comedy. Yeah, but most of his stuff wasn't like he wrote it for soundtracks. Obviously, it just works well for a lot. Yeah. Of, right. So. Yeah, because he does a lot of like minor chords that go into big. Uh, major chords yeah and so people like that and then we have to mention in the movie this is when they go to the whorehouse yes frank is meeting with ben who runs the whorehouse but also must do some of the drug dealing or something yeah because of the conversations they have and he sings he, he kind of lip syncs it right with a um a like construction light or whatever yeah. and instead of a microphone which makes it kind of cool yeah and it's a pretty decent i mean it's pretty I like a, one of the best scenes in a movie, I'm guessing. You know? Yeah. In terms of like feeling or something like that. Yes. With this song. I just want to say that Ben, right at the end of the day, Dean Stockwell, shout out because. Oh, yeah, true. I was thinking if we should throw him in there. Just, just fucking Quantum Leap. Yeah. We should, what is. How much Quantum Leap did I watch? I can't. I watched a lot of fucking Quantum Leap, but you know what? I think if you watch Quantum Leap now, like they used the pop songs at the time, or like yeah. they used and they can't license them anymore, and that like takes something away from it. Oh, really? I can't. Didn't they? I mean, they used the songs from the era, I think, in the show when you watched it. I, yeah. I see it on TV and I don't turn it on because I'm like, I don't want to get sucked into this. <laughs> Because I will never stop watching Quantum Leap. I know, but it's almost like I want like all of us to see it though. Something. I know, but I'm it's good. It's good history lessons. I know it's really a great show. 
I'm scared though. I can't yeah, just, do it. Just don't. Yeah. Like, we will never fun. see you again. You will just watch it forever and you'll be you'll go into a quantum <laughs> leap, quantum leap. Story. It's <laughs> called going into a quantum leap, quantum leap, where you just know, go. Thing. It's, yeah. you, you actually do get sucked into each person kind of, you know? <laughs> you get scared. Holy shit, scary. All right, let's do these last two back to back. This is gonna be a real speed round. Oh really? Okay. Yes. All right, we just backed it to back. Back. To, I'm not sure why, mainly because we're getting tired. Yeah. <laughs> but we had two songs there. It was Keddy Lester with Love Letters, mm-hmm. a soulful 1962 hit, and it was mainly that was mainly her main hit. Um, but she got into acting and did a lot of acting, so she was known for being on Little House on the Prairie TV series. Hey, hey, Mikey, I'll send you a love letter. You know what that is? Yes. It's a bullet from a fucking gun. 
straight to your head. Uh, Alec Baldwin. No, I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll send you a love letter. That's bad. I shouldn't even joke about that, I guess. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Yeah, and she was, so she did some acting too. So she was in Blackula, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and quite a few other flicks. And like I said, um, Little House on the Prairie. You said you don't really like the song, but I do. I like the sound of her voice. I think it's a really smooth. Yeah. I see why David Lynch picked that as well. He's probably got, these are like his four or five favorite. I just, I guess it's because it rests in between the Orbison song and that last song. And then I'm just like, I'm not in love with it. I'm yeah. in, lo- I'm in like with it. Maybe it's, it's the not way to say it. It's like about two minutes. And I don't know when they play in the movie, I guess. I wouldn't think it's when the scene, when he says he's going to send a love letter. I don't think it's like during that because that's a lot more intense scene yeah. than the song would be. So, But I don't know. I didn't do enough of the writing down where things were in this one. Was that maybe when they were dancing um, in the party scene? Mm-hmm, maybe that, yeah. That's what maybe I think. Yeah, yeah. When um, Jeffrey goes to the high school party, <clears throat> basically realize they are in love. Or they might have known it the whole time, but they decide to finally say each other where yeah that they're together that they are in love like what they've been feeling is even though mike shaw is lurking in the background yeah which is to throw you off you think it's frank chasing him down <clears throat> dude man this is a great halloween movie you gotta be <laughs> yeah let's be honest it is i mean it's just... it's the feeling of halloween without it being halloween yeah i know that's the best part yeah oh man i love it it's so I, good that just made me warm inside <laughs> yeah Awesome. The last song was the last song on the soundtrack. It's called Mysteries of Love. Oh, shit. And it's sung by Julie Cruz. So good. And she's from Iowa. Is she our, really? Our home state. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She was in LA doing like musicals and things like that. And they found her. And then so she's like Angelo in that once she does this, she sticks with Lynch. Forever quite a while and does the Twin Peaks yeah. thing. I mean, it's so- it sounds Lynchian. They do this song Falling in Twin Peaks with the lyrics. Oh. And a bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> like that. For her career. I think, does she do a couple other things? No, mainly that. For but her. still, so good. <clears throat> to me, that's like, and Enya want, wishes she could be that good. Yeah, that, I think so too. And you know what else then? It reminds me of, an, I know that's, I think it's like the end of like the Lost in Translation soundtrack. And there's just kind of somebody kind of singing over that, like, like Spryly, like Spryly singing yeah. over the top of kind of electronica-ish music. Do you remember that? Kind of yeah. sing, the end of Lost in Translation. I and mean, this is at the end of this movie. Yeah, I have the Lost in Translation soundtrack is really good. Yeah, but that's it's got that same thing. Yeah, I've got I've got that. I had that one and listened to it all the time. Yeah, but this song it sounds very similar. <laughs> I, I shouldn't get into all this stuff. Yeah. Um, back to the the Enya and the Julie Cruz thing. Wait, what were we saying? I got lost. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that that this song sounds a lot like the last song from that oh, movie yeah. on that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Um, but this was before that. This was the original. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. Oh, what was I was gonna say that it's the lyrics are by David Lynch. That was the whole point. Oh, he that's wrote cool. the lyrics. Angelo helped compose it, and I think Julie was in on that too. Even though she was a singer, I think she yeah. also helped, helped like compose it as well. 
perfect. So nice little combo there. And nice. then, like I said, the song Falling is a great song from Twin Peaks. And we won't listen to that here, but that's another one to check out that's a lot like this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about with some of these comments in here, it is just something that's like a song that makes you purely feel and see your soul or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Eric, here's our recommendation. Go to you find this song on YouTube, put it on, and then start reading the comments and enjoy life. They're really fucking great. Like I think you do Halloween all the way through this song, and then the day after Halloween you listen to this song. Yeah, or you just do it because like we said, this song still encapsulates like Halloween without being Halloween. Yeah. Like I think the, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Feeling like Halloween without it being it. That's perfect. Not like the other stuff doesn't already get you there. Yeah. It's and just probably and then probably go through a bunch of the top things like you were saying of other Lynch movies. Mm -hmm. And just pick the top tracks. On those. Yeah. Because if you do all of them, you're gonna be forever. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween, it's probably not realistic on Halloween to have like twelve hours of <laughs> We were talking about if you yeah, right. You get quantum leap, don't get lynched either. Don't get David Lynch by Lynch. No, don't no. get lynched by David Lynch by listen, listen going down the Lynch Lynchiverse. Listen to this one all the way through since it's, we did it for this podcast. And yeah, then find like, the other stuff. Then do like, you know, Wild Heart, like all the different movies and just get the top one or two. Yeah. Because it'll, be it'll be a perfect Halloween then for you. That will be. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I know it was different. I know it, it was, was. No, I liked it. I, I, it think, it's, I think it's 80s. a good dip. And at the end of the day, it's 15, 14, 15 songs. So we there's been soundtracks where we get less um, lyric songs than we got here. So let's be honest. So it's, yeah. it's oh, got yeah. the score and that it still has the lyric songs in it. Yeah. I guess the only thing um, that it didn't have was a, like a pure 80s song. new. For I think, yeah, I think this is the closest that it gets with the yeah, keyboard. Yeah. Written song for the movie. And I mean, it's close to 80s, but it's definitely yeah. different that I don't think at this time was all the way there. Yeah. Yeah, Enya wasn't until like 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. This floating kind of music, I don't know if it was really there all the way there. I just yeah. meant, yeah, some of the tones you can hear in this one, you can feel the 80s. Oh, definitely, for which sure. Is, which is why, why I also love it. And we don't, since we've gone so long, we don't have to do, but I think the Takashi would be, we don't have to play it. It's just uh, we were mentioning that Chris Isaac's got two songs in here. Yeah, he his album Silver T Silvertone came out at the same time, and then two featured songs were in the movie, uh, Gone Riding and Living for Your Lover. And those okay. are great. those are great songs. Which again fits in because he's basically modern rockabilly at this point when he comes out, so he's exactly. just fitting in with these other guys who right. use. Yeah, but it also goes to mention that he does some acting with Lynch and a couple things, including Twin Peaks as well. Yep. Of his movies. And I think at one point he was trying to get him into this movie. Actually. He was, okay. Yeah, but it didn't work out because he was doing the album and all. Who was he going to be? I don't know. Who, I can't... Honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be just like a detective. He always is like the de one detective character, I feel like, or something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I a, David like a bit, Like a bit part. Like season, yeah. So I think it was going to be something like that, maybe. But then, yeah, he was going to be in it, and then, um, then he got booked for uh, the Fat Boys movie Disorderlies to do a bit part. <laughs> yeah, to deliver pizza. <laughs> Chris Isaac. <laughs> to deliver guns. Nice. 
All right. Anything we want to say then before we sum it up, sum it off? Where are you, Isabella? Be safe. Put on. I I say put on. Yeah. I I like the idea. Now that we're listening, we listen to it a little more closely. I love the idea. Put on track eight, the sound effects one, and just let that on. And then like your like neighbors who are like too not underground will be like you're weird, and everybody who like loves David Lynch will be like you're cool, and then just be friends with those people in your neighborhood. I think that's a good starter. And then play this one just to get it. Kind yeah. Of you mean the last one? Yeah. And then yes. like Frank. Frank yeah. Burns. Mix in a couple of the songs with lyrics and go back and forth if you can. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you just, if you just want to play it all the way through, that's fine. Yeah, that, that too. Or you could just, I think this is one you could just put. This is totally one you could put a speaker on your porch next to the candy. Play it. Turn off the lights. Maybe put, a, put in a blue light. Right, and yeah. see if people get it. That'd be that'd be cool. I know. I think I'm gonna do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, check out Blue Velvet, David Lynch. Check yes. out the soundtrack. Soundtrack. Thumbs do up. It on it. Vinyl if you can. And have a good Halloween. And check us out next month. It's it's Thanksgiving month. Sounds like we're yeah Thanksgiving. We're either gonna be doing Parents or this movie with <laughs> with uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Insignificance. Insignificance. Or Great Balls of Fire. Or, yeah. Oh, my God. Dennis Quaid thought he, he was so pissed about not getting an Oscar nom for the for the one with Louis Gossett Jr. The, that, yeah. Then he's like, fine, then I'll do a bio, I'll do a musician biopic. Yeah. And I'll get an Oscar. <laughs> and they're like, and just back to back no's for Dennis. Then we just turn it on our head and do Pretty Woman instead. Yeah. <laughs> And I think well, last time we said plane, trains, and <coughs> Oh, that could always be a good one. If that's even Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think it's I like think Thanksgiving, we Christmas. The same exact thing last year. <laughs> yeah. But I can't, I, you never know with those Hughes movies if there's going to be good soundtracks. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think, uh, I think we like to just in November just do something random. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Insignificance sounds good. Or North Shore. Yeah. All right, let's go one under, like we've talked about, and see if we can find something. Maybe Modern Girls. All right. <laughs> <laughs> or Zapped. We could do Zapped. All right. Ooh. All right. Guys, well, take yeah, take some care, do some helium, and like we always say, baby, baby wants to fuck. <laughs>